Welcome into RJ Bell's Dream Preview, Major League Baseball edition. Alongside Griffin Warner, I'm Scott Seidenberg. As we have gone through, I guess, the second week of the Major League Baseball season. As we are recording this on Sunday, April 9th, going into Monday, April 10th. So Griffin, uh, through about nine games or so, ten games of the Major League Baseball season, are you starting to get a feel for this year? Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not as as hot uh, uh, as the Tampa Bay Rays are, unfortunately. But um, I, I think really for from it's two weeks in, we got a long, long way to go. I think we got 25 weeks in total or something like that for the regular season. So buckle in, uh, keep coming with us Sunday nights and when we record during the week as well. Uh, we got a lot of information to share and, and some winners to, to throw out on the, along the way. You mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays. They are off to uh, their best start in franchise history. They're 9-0. and oh, And they have a plus 57 run differential. They have won every game that they have played by at least four runs. They are dominating in the first five innings. I've been betting them just, I've been riding this streak right now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Not only have I been betting them every game on the run line covering one and a half, but I've also been betting them in the first five innings. I've been betting their first five team total, which for some reason, the books keep hanging two and a halfs out there when this team is averaging five runs per first five innings. So it just keeps winning. But I, I want to ask you your opinion on this. Are the Rays this good or have they just played the Tigers, Nationals, and A's? Uh, yeah, I was going to say the schedule has certainly helped. I mean, you can only beat who you're facing on any given day and credit them for doing that as – other strongholds like the Astros have struggled with similar teams. So um, I don't know that uh, I, I can almost guarantee you that Tampa Bay is not going to finish the season 162 and Oh, Darn. Uh, but I know, I know really stepping out on a limb there, but I do like the makeup for the Rays, And I feel like uh, I was talking to, to the college basketball uh, co-host of mine, AJ Hoffman, who, you know, very well, I'm sure. Um, and he, like, I was like, man, we should have just been betting the Rays for like the last 10 years. I'm sure that would have been a really nice way to uh, pay for his kid's college or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have worked out for sure. Uh, and so the Rays do win again, 11 nothing back-to-back 11 nothing wins for the Rays over the Oakland Athletics. Uh, other results here from Sunday, the getaway day system, Griffin, which uh, I've been a, pro- uh, you know, promote promoter of it's i mean i think i just i think i made it up um (laughs) and it has to do with teams that are looking to avoid a sweep on getaway day when the opponent has to travel to a different city and so example we had several teams that were going for sweeps here on sunday but not all teams qualified the phillies were going for a sweep but they stay home on Monday, Rays, same thing. Mets, same thing, going for sweeps but staying home. The Twins and the Cubs as well, going for sweeps but staying home. The three games that did qualify, the Red Sox going for the sweep but then having to travel to Tampa, and they were playing the Tigers. The Red Sox beat the Tigers. The Mariners were going for the sweep and then playing in Chicago on Monday. The Mariners lost, so the the system worked as the Guardians won. And then the Royals going for the sweep, but then play in Texas on Monday. That play on the Giants also worked as the Giants came away with a win. So the system went 2-1, and plus 1.15 units on the season, the getaway day system. 5-4, plus 1.54 units, Griffin. Are you sold yet? (laughs) I mean... 
for I mean, you kind of broke it down for me on on reasons why this works. Um, I think that if you're playing a game, I, I don't think you're really in a position where you're trying to lose any fight, of course. But certainly when you're um, maybe the travel plays a little bit more of a, a factor into it. Um, but I think ultimately when you're when you've won a series, I think that's what every baseball team goes into a series and wants to win the series. Once you've done that, and especially um, as you're trying to maintain health effectiveness off the bench, I, I feel like that's when you're most likely to see the, I mean, catchers, of course, are, are always a, a rest risk, if you will. Uh, but I also feel like sometimes that's the best player or best time to get Trey Turner a, uh, a day off or give someone a blow that, that could probably should be in that lineup and maybe if there was a rubber match for a series that they might want to use someone that they probably want to get a day off but um certainly a nice thing especially with with odds and and numbers is that if you have an idea that maybe mike trout's gonna sit that can change the line significantly so uh saying i mean as many systems as possible that are out there i think the most part of it all is is just having as much at your fingertips as possible and, and paying attention to the sport yeah and none of these are blind bets like for example uh here on sunday i did not play the guardians and i did not play the tigers but i played the giants i made the giants a best bet so i looked at the three system plays and I picked out my favorite one. I also anticipated, you know, Salvi Perez getting a half day off, which he did. He DH'd, he didn't catch. And I thought it might have an impact on the pitcher. I didn't realize that it was going to be better for Chris Bubich as he <laughs> threw, he threw a gem, but also, you know, Aroldis Chapman pitched two days in a row. So he was not available for the Royals and things just kind of played in to the Giants and uh, they had to come from behind. It was a, it was a boring game, one, nothing. And then the Giants tied it and then eventually took the lead on a Michael Conforto bomb. So be selective when it comes to these things. Don't just blind bet anything. You shouldn't be blind betting anything uh, in any sport, um, except maybe, uh, you know, unranked opponents favored over lower ranked, uh, higher ranked <laughs> opponents in college basketball, right? Don't even have to think about it. Uh, all right, Griffin, let's talk about this schedule on Monday as new series will begin. And we'll start with the White Sox at the Twins. This one is lined even. And that is very interesting to me because it's Dylan Cease Day for Chicago. And we know that the White Sox are only as good as Dylan Cease is. And so Dylan Cease against Kenta Maeda, and you're giving me an even line? I'm sorry, but why are we not hammering the White Sox? So, good question. Uh, I think based on Chicago's huge, huge, huge expectations from last year that they fell woefully short of, um, I think there's still a fair amount of distrust for the White Sox in the marketplace that might explain this number a little bit more. Uh, plus, they're on the road. Uh, early start. I'm not. Sh- I don't think this is the home opener for Minnesota. No. It, okay. Weird that they're playing at one ten central time. Uh, I, I can't explain that one necessarily, um, but probably should be fairly warmer at that time, I guess, but still probably pretty cold in early April in Minnesota. Uh, Ketamaeda was really good from what I saw uh, against the Marlins, his last start, and ultimately I think he's got some really nasty stuff. So um, the White Sox, I think there's still also a lot of questions for their bullpen and what's going to happen until Liam Hendricks is back and and – Firing, uh, I think he had, had already beaten cancer, so good for him. Happy to hear that. Um, but there's some holes in the White Sox team. Um, and, I mean, I guess until Eloy – I guess Eloy's already in the IL. But until Luis Robert gets gets hurt too, um, there's 
to me, still questions, I think, about the White Sox besides that right arm, the golden right arm of Dylan Cease. Yeah, I, I, I can't get away from betting maybe like a first five innings with uh, Dylan Cease. And, and even though I, I just can't stand the White Sox and I don't trust them at all, but it's Dylan Cease day. Come on. Uh, I'm trying to see if we have an early prop on his strikeouts. Let's see. I don't think we have anything open just yet as we record this podcast, but I would imagine it's rather high, maybe like a seven and a half line or so for Dylan Cease, who through his first two starts has 18 strikeouts, 10 in his first game against the Astros, eight in his second start against San Francisco. The Yankees will take on the Guardians with Domingo Herman, who got roughed up in his first outing against Shane Bieber. Cleveland is minus 155. And while I know that it's Domingo Herman and Shane Bieber, anytime I get the Yankees at this good of a plus money price, kind of hard to not bet them. I completely agree. Um, I With Loiza going on the IL, I do think that kind of hurts the Yankees bullpen a little bit. but. Sure. Um, and I think he was a lot better than his numbers last year. He had some kind of gross, gross weeks at a time. It felt like when he wasn't really healthy and that kind of soured his, his whole ERA and numbers for the whole year. Um, I do think though, the Yankees have a pretty deep bullpen. Uh, Cleveland might have one of the best in the game at this point, Mm -hmm. but where they really struggle in my humble opinion is they can't really hit the ball very well. And that's kind of important. You can't win game zero, zero. So, um, I, I don't know how far we can trust Domingo Herman. I mean, he did have. I mean, certainly some off-the-field stuff, which is not great. But he uh, he had some really good years, I feel like, two or three years ago, something like maybe COVID year. Like, it wasn't that recent. But if he can find some stuff, I mean, he, we know he has it. Um, and he gets a pretty soft landing spot going against a Cleveland lineup that seems to be – it's really a lot of uh, Jose Ramirez and then whatever can, can be, like, strung together around him. Um, my biggest question – certainly totally agree on the price that we're probably not going to see the Yankees – as that big of an underdog very often this year. Um, they were still, I feel like even in like last year's season, they were still not getting these type of numbers, even from the Astros and they were playing. So um, big, big number. Bieber is awesome. Seems like some velocity issues he had last year um, haven't really affected him. He still gets outs like a machine. Um, but my biggest question, and I really do like big price tags on good teams, and I feel like the Yankees fit that to yeah, a T. Plus 130, I don't, I, I'm not going to be able to turn that down. Uh, The A's are going up against the Orioles, and it is J.P. Sears against Kyle Gibson. Baltimore minus 178, total of 8.5. Looking at what the A's did in Tampa, do we just continue to fade this team? I mean, they're trying to lose. Uh, They're making trades in the offseason. Their biggest pieces. It's a triple-A team. It is is literally, it's the Las Vegas Aviators that are playing right now for the A's. It's funny because I think on last year's LV pod, I was calling them the double-A athletics. Oh, okay. so, uh, at, least, at least you've moved them up a category <laughs> or up a level. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they're going to get some wins at home. Of course, it's a weird place to play in that football stadium that doesn't even house a football team anymore. But here on the road in Baltimore, their weak lineup is really going to, I think, cut. I mean, also weird that Baltimore went from like a hitter's paradise to then a pitcher's paradise in the flip of a season by raising a wall. But um, I think it's a spot where at Camden Yard, especially the power alleys to right field, um, the weakness in that Oakland lineup uh, will really get exposed here. I feel like they can play tight games at home, but as soon as there's going to be some more runs on the board, um, that's the hardest part for them. So, I mean, it's it's I'm just trying not to bet teams that are not trying to win games. I don't think Oakland's trying to win games this year at all or maybe next year. The Midland Rockhounds, that's their double. Uh, a, that's the double A affiliate for the uh, 
the, the soon-to-be Las Vegas A's. Nice. Uh, the Astros are at the Pirates. Houston minus 190 with Framber Valdez on the hill against Rosne Contreras. The Astros, who uh, salvaged their series with the Minnesota Twins with the win, avoiding the sweep, still 4-6 and six on the season. Are, are you uh, starting to get concerned about the Astros at all? Uh. No, I'm not. Not yet. Um, they kind of had a slow start last year. I feel like um, maybe that was. But now there's. I mean, they're just waiting for Altuve to get back. You know. I, I mean, he's an important piece, but like people were kind of out on Altuve last year until he had a really big year, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Wait, maybe this guy's still good." Um, that certainly has impacted the team, changes the lineup a fair amount. But I mean, I'm still a believer in what looks to me like a good rotation, a very good lineup, and a very strong bullpen. When you check all those boxes, I feel like you will always compete, um, especially in a league that has so many teams that are not trying to win baseball games. Um, I think ultimately, from Valdez with like the greatest quality streak or quality start streak in what feels like history to me. Every every night he goes out there, he's six innings, three runs or less. So I feel like that keeps you in any game. Going to Pittsburgh, yeah, some weird stuff happens there, too. Uh, I feel like most of the Pittsburgh wins that happen are, are weird ones. But um, I'm not really necessarily a believer in Contreras just yet. I feel like Fromber is going to keep Pittsburgh pretty quiet. It's a pretty nice draw for him. Uh, probably the easiest matchup that's like out there in Major League Baseball is a road start if you're going to have one at Pittsburgh. Especially, but, now, uh, especially now with the O'Neill Cruz injury. You know, O'Neill Cruz now... Uh, suffering the injury that he did on Sunday, sliding into home plate and 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 fracturing the ankle, I I, I'm, I don't know how this Pirates team responds. I mean, they got off to a great start, but he was certainly their biggest contributor. So with uh, this might be the fade here, just playing against the Pirates, especially in their first game without O'Neill Cruz. I mean that. Unfortunately, the the Pirates are, are an organization that can't really sustain that type of thing, too. I mean, they're built on these small contracts because they are just trying to get paid enough by the luxury tax because their owner is trying to run a business, not win baseball games, um, which is his prerogative. He can do what he wants to do, though. I understand it's one of the best ballparks like out there, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. I haven't been yet because I feel like I never really want to go to Pittsburgh because I can't imagine the game's going to be worth seeing. Um but uh, you know, we had some really good listenership from our, our Pirates group last year uh, on the podcast because we had people in our mentions going off about how they didn't want to hear us talking Reds uh, Pirates all the time because it seemed to be the matchup that was happening every time <laughs> we're doing podcasts. So uh, shout out to those guys. Hope you guys are still with us. Um, but unfortunately, I feel like it's going to be a tough adjustment for Pittsburgh, who did get off to a great start. Six and three looks really great. Probably the most they'll be above 500 this season. Let's go to the Rays hosting the Red Sox. Tampa Bay minus 165 as they put their undefeated record on the line. Nick Pavetta goes for Boston against Josh Fleming, who uh, had the worst start of national of a, a Rays pitchers against the Nationals. He allowed five runs on 10 hits in three innings. Yeah, and I feel like it's a bullpen game whenever Fleming's in there. Um, might be first pitch being thrown by Jalen Beeks, it looks like. Um, I don't know. Some it's really hard with the bullpen games to figure out who's. In oh, so we so we might have a we might have a Jalen Beeks opener situation. I I mean that's what I feel like. Good luck tracking that all down. I feel like it reminds me of the COVID year when they just didn't want to even put starting pitchers up because mm. they're like, well, we're probably gonna have to scratch everyone. Um, but you know the Rays are just always playing chess while everyone's playing checkers. So um, I'm forever gonna be a believer in what they're doing. Whatever they're doing, I'm sure it's. Uh, it's positive expected value. Um, Nick Pavetta, you know, he's always seemed like he's been close to being this awesome pitcher. He's got a good curveball. 
When it's on, he can be great. It's just so hard to know when he's going to be good. I expect in a in a cavernous ballpark like in Tampa, there probably won't be many runs scored. Um, but I don't really trust the Red Sox bullpen at all. So uh, there's some major, major problems, disadvantages for the Red Sox if you're trying to, to back against a, an 11-0 team or excuse me, a 9-0 team that probably will be 11-0 sooner rather than later. Yeah, maybe a uh, raised team total, which just continues to uh, be great. It's four and a half yeah. again. And, you know, the, the, again, the, the, against this Red Sox team who's been giving up a ton of runs, maybe that's the way to go. The Marlins, it's Sandy Day. They will be in Philadelphia. Alcantara on the mound against Matt Strom. And the Marlins, minus 115 on the road here. Yeah, a little surprising to see the the fish favored uh, anywhere, I think, especially against the Phillies. But with that sort of Cy Young starter from one side, Matt Strom, who uh, has never really been able to latch on at any sort of position, um, I feel like his Phillies team still looks like they're kind of running in mud. Um, I don't know if that's something that maybe the injuries are, are bigger than, than we were expecting. Um, it hasn't started off well. Uh, it doesn't really look to me that's changing too much. And then they're going to have to go and try to lift the Sandy Alcantara sinker. And that's going to be really hard to do. I think that minimizes the the short porches in both left and right field at Citizens Bank Park. So um, I honestly, Matt Strom is on my list of guys I want to be against. I don't think the Marlins are a worthy road favorite in most cases, but they might be tomorrow. <laughs> uh, taking a look at the Red Hot Padres, who uh, won the last three of their four-game set against the Braves, put up 10 runs last night. Uh, they will be at the Mets facing Max Scherzer, you Darvish, going for San Diego. The Mets are minus 135, and uh, the question I'm going to ask you is, is the wrong team favored here? Uh, I think you've got to make... The Mets favored, though I wouldn't make him at this big of a favorite. Honestly, I feel like it should be closer to pick him than anything. Uh, I still would make the Mets a slight favorite, but um, unfortunately, Scherzer was pretty bad, uh, and there's a lot of talk about him and kind of the pitching rule changes and things like that, and how he's going to be on the right side of history by knowing how to use it and abuse it to his advantage. But hasn't really started that way so far. Of course, as I was trading for him in fantasy leagues, he's been <laughs> falling on his face, but. You Darvish, to me, also feel like a guy that a lot of people were selling last year who was still very good. Um, still believe he's very good. He throws too many pitches for anyone to know what's coming. Um, and I got to say, I like teams that are confident. And, uh, you know, coming off of Sunday Night Baseball, it is a fair amount of travel, unfortunately, up from Atlanta. But um, hard to argue with back in a team that's playing well. And uh, the Mets, you know, just I feel like there's something that's that's missing from the Mets so far. Um and I, I feel like the, the Padres are, are worth a look. So last year there was a trend, and I don't have the exact numbers, but there's, there was a trend on fading the teams coming off of Sunday night baseball. I get it. So that might be the way to go here is just backing the Mets because of this Sunday night baseball fade. I mean, it's it's definitely like if you think about it, they're getting in probably 2 a.m. That throws off body clocks. Mm -hmm. I know there's some arguments that maybe that takes a day to really register. I don't know. It's really hard to predict that with a 26 man roster or whatever. But um, I just don't know necessarily even with the trends potentially pointing that direction. I feel like an overpriced or an inflated favorite just on a team that's 
kind of been a little bit wishy-washy so far with Scherzer coming off a bad start. He probably throws well here, but price is big enough. I feel like it, it's the Padres or I'm skipping it. So uh, the, the Sunday Night Baseball fade went 2-0 and last week. The Phillies and Rangers played on Sunday Night Baseball. On Monday, the Phillies scored only one run against the Yankees, although they did have 11 hits, so I can't really say it was because they didn't hit. Uh, so they had one run on 11 hits. The Rangers, meanwhile, got one hit by the Orioles and had zero runs. So 2-0 and for the Sunday night baseball fade for last week. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think that was a Dean Kramer start. Good luck trying to figure out what <laughs> But, well, um, the other team that we could fade here from Sunday Night Baseball is the Atlanta Braves, although they stay uh, they are they're home. So they were home against the Padres. They're home here against the Reds. So I don't know if that would necessarily qualify for the uh, Sunday Night Baseball fade because they're not traveling. It's Bryce Elder, who had an incredible first start against Graham Ashcraft, Atlanta minus one ninety five. Yeah, big price. Um, Ashcraft had a pretty good year last year. Uh do we believe that's going to continue, though? Hard to say. I know he throws like a million miles an hour and has a pretty good sinker. It seemed like he had last year. Um, I'm not really looking to fade Atlanta at home, I got to say, unless I got a really good team. The Reds are not one of those. Yep. Moving on, we got the Mariners at the Cubs. Seattle minus 160 with Luis Castillo against Drew Smiley. And the Mariners are 2-0. and in Castillo starts so far this season, uh, his first start against Cleveland, six innings, one hit, zero runs. His second start against the Angels, five and two-thirds innings, two hits, zero runs. That's a pretty good first 11 and two-thirds innings for Luis Castillo this year. Yeah, uh, and I even backed him in that opening day start, so uh, I couldn't even jinx him, so good for him. Um, I, I think for the most part, Seattle is not off to a good start. Similar thing happened last year, though, and they kind of came on late. Um, I don't – I mean, it feels like a huge price, but um, it also might be a part of me dying, realizing that uh, Luis Castillo might be uh, – he might not be undervalued for his entire Seattle tenure because I feel like I was going well with him a lot last year and even this year so far, uh, betting one of his two starts. I, I'd like – the idea of the, of a Cubs play here, but I'm not interested in fading Luis Castillo. He looks like one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Absolutely. Royals take on the Rangers in Texas. Zach Greinke against Andrew Haney. Texas is minus 170. Haney, who is currently carrying a 23.63 ERA after getting rocked for seven runs in two and two-thirds innings in his first start. Yeah, um, going to this one. So if anyone's in the house, holler. Um, Sick. But... Yeah, I mean, it's also going to be cool because Bobby Witt's from right near, uh, like, five minutes, I think, from Arlington, essentially. So it uh, should be a pretty big contingent of Royals fans there. But but I got to say, the Rangers, they do pack out that stadium pretty well. So that's that's cool. Um, yeah, Andrew Haney, one of the best arms in baseball, is almost impossible to predict. Unfortunately, big ERAs, then he'll come out next time and go six shutout. Uh, I think he's in a good chance. I mean, getting Kansas City coming off a West Coast trip to San Francisco, not the worst way to grab a team coming in. Zach Greggie is going to pitch to contact. We'll see how magical he can be. Um, I, I don't really have a lot of hope in him and his five innings, one strikeout type of performances. They just seem like not really a thing in the past. Uh, they seem like they are still around. I'm kind of surprised he's still pitching. But um, I got to say, hard to look and stomach this price with Heaney off that really bad start and with how inconsistent he is. But 
Um, I don't know that I got enough uh, in me to want to play the Royals in a Zach Greinke arm at this point. Mm. Steven Matz goes up against Herman Marquez as the Cardinals visit the Rockies. St. Louis is minus 145. Total, a high one, 11 here. Yeah, got to be. I feel like every game in the Rockies, uh, even though the Rockies are almost unlikely to contribute uh, as much as the visiting team, I wonder how many times they're going to end up favored this year. It doesn't seem like a really good sign for the Rockies. But uh, Steven Matz, who's, uh, he's been on the wrong end of a couple 20 to nothing type of losses before. Um, I feel like he's looked a little bit better as soon as he got away from the Mets. I can't really explain why necessarily that is. But uh, I do feel like St. Louis got a lot of respect in Milwaukee this weekend. Um, that lineup looks a lot more dangerous than I think I thought it was. If Nolan Gorman's going to actually make contact this year, then maybe they're going to be as good as expected. Jordan Walker looks really good. I, I feel like, unfortunately, the Rockies are a team that aren't trying to win, and I, I don't think I'm really interested in anything but overs with them at home. Mm, Nationals take on the Angels. It's Patrick Corbin Day. He goes again. Hey, hey, no, every time Patrick Corbin starts, it's just great. Uh, Jose Suarez gets a start for the Angels. Angels, a massive favorite, minus 260. I'm probably going to look at like an Angels team total here. Uh, Corbin gave up six runs against the Rays in, in his last start, and he gave up uh, four runs against the Braves in his first start. So, and the Nationals, hey, what do you know? They lost both of those games. So, I, I think uh, the Nationals are going to lose this one again. It's just a matter of by how much and how many runs the Angels are going to score. Yeah, uh, the minus 240 on Jose Suarez is gigantic. Yeah. But unfortunately, I mean, happy Patrick Corbin today to all those who celebrate. Um, I, I do think that we might be celebrating on some sort of team total, on some sort of run line, get crazy with it, a minus three and a half or something like that. It's probably out there on the Angels and just hope for a blowout because I think it's a really good chance. Washington, another team not trying to win. Um, I'm trying to avoid those or really bet against them as much as I can this year if possible. Just the hard part is they're usually a big underdog. Mm-hmm. Brewers are at the Diamondbacks. Zach Gowan, my guy, against Wade Miley. And uh, Gowan has struggled. I mean, he's he's gotten off to good starts, but then he's also had some rough innings. Uh, and then again, he played two really good teams, though, in his first two starts in the uh, Dodgers and the Padres. But those are teams that he played against last year and, and handled them for the most part last year, especially the Dodgers. So uh, Diamondbacks minus 130 in this one. Are we backing Gallon in uh, what should be his home debut for 2023? I mean, as you said, tough start, tough draws with the, the Dodgers and, and the Padres in those first two. I, I, I know you're not jumping off the bandwagon. I, I no, la- so last yeah. year, last year, Gallon was six and one at home. With a two four nine ERA and opponents batted one seventy six against him in Arizona. Yeah, um, I don't know that the Brewer. I mean, they're still a, a team that I don't really believe in versus the market. I uh, backed them on Saturday night, and that did not go great, unfortunately. But um, I feel like Wade Miley. I mean, what an awesome day! Uh, maybe it was a debut. He's been on so many teams. He probably pitched for the Brewers before. But anyway, first start of the season, uh, blanked. The, the Mets in a day when Max Scherzer had a tough outing. Um, I It's it's tough because I feel like the Brewers are still a better team, but seeing Arizona 6-4 and four to start the year, a lot of hype on them coming in with their youngsters all kind of getting up there. It's worked so – it worked pretty well so far, especially considering the teams that Zach Gallon has had to face. Like, so has the Arizona Diamondbacks as a whole, yet they're sitting 6-4, and four, uh, tied for the lead in the NL West after just 10 games. But you got to start somewhere. Um, I do feel like this price is a little bit high, though. I think that Gallon will have success against the Milwaukee lineup that just doesn't seem very dynamic to me. And finally, the Dodgers at the Giants. Julio Urias 
against Logan Webb. Dodgers minus 155 with a total of seven and a half. Yeah, it kind of feels like a big total for me. Um, in San Francisco, one of the most notorious parks for just having trouble hitting home runs, late start, good for the ball, not caring with that marine layer out there in, in the Bay Area. Um, I, I got to say, Julio Urias is one of the best pitchers out there. Uh, I think this is going to be a pitcher's duel. I, I really like backing Logan Webb as a home underdog. I just don't know necessarily that I want to use him against the Dodgers team lineup and setup with Julio Urias on the line uh, on the mound. I, I feel like I, I really wouldn't blame anyone uh, for backing San Francisco here. I feel like there's a lot of signs pointing in that direction. I just, you know, the Dodgers are so good and they're so scary. And unfortunately, um, I feel like Logan Webb is still, I mean, he's not on the same level as, as Julio Urias. I think he can hang around, but then you also got to back a San Francisco bullpen which blew a pretty big lead on Saturday, and I, I wonder if that continues to smart and hurts them the rest of the season. Uh, projecting forward, um, you have Grayson Rodriguez making his second major league start for the Orioles coming up on Tuesday. In his first start, he gave up two runs in five innings to Texas. He had five strikeouts. Uh, he is the top 10 prospect in all of Major League Baseball. Are you excited uh, for his second start here coming on Tuesday? Definitely. I backed him in that first one. Uh, he had a tough start to the game, but also felt like a little bit death by a thousand paper cuts. Um, settled down after maybe a little bit of nerves in your major league debut. I think we can all understand that. Um, certainly interested to see if he can live up to the hype. Um, I'm not necessarily a buyer of that to this point, but um, I think if he has enough strikeout ability or put away pitches, that seemed to be the struggle for him in that first inning uh, of his debut. But I mean, still turn it around, still put the, the Orioles in good place to potentially win that game. They did not, but uh, ultimately I'm excited for it and uh, feel like the, the future is certainly bright for him and, and the Orioles franchise. Also on Tuesday, it's DeGrom Day in Texas, and he seemed to settle in very nicely after his first start of the season. He was dominant in his second start. Are we expecting the same against the, this Royals lineup on Tuesday? I mean, if there's ever a spot to look for an over strikeouts prop, I, I feel like they're starting to give him a little bit more leash. Uh, I know they signed a, a weird contract where if he gets Tommy John, it like extends the contract an extra year or something <laughs> like that. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of kid gloves treatment uh, of Jacob DeGrom, so that does hurt some strikeout props. But honestly, in, in both starts, even against the Phillies when he got roughed up in his, in his debut – um, there was not a lot of like clean contact or pretty swings that were up there. I think he's going to really control this, this Royals lineup. If you could bet a combined strikeout prop, I'd love to see it on Wednesday when Hunter Green faces Spencer Strider in the Reds-Braves game. Because I think if you told me there's going to be uh, over 20 strikeouts in that game, I would believe you. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. I would love to poke some holes in that. It's hard for me to do it, Scott. I got to say. <laughs> Those two guys are uh, just ridiculous and heavy, heavy strikeout guys. So that's just a uh, a little little look at the next coming days here of the Major League Baseball season, but really a breakdown of Monday's slate as new series will begin across the board. And Griffin, we are continuing to help people save money at pregame.com. We are. Uh, please use the promo code RUN20. So run all the way to the window, run all the way to grab these picks, get, run all the way to save 20%. Type that in there, RUN20. We get some credit for you using it. So uh, give us some love, show us some love, save some money, find some picks, find some merchandise. I don't know if that's part of it too. But if you could buy something on the pregame website, use the promo code RUN20. 
you get 20% off. Scott, are you, are you ready for a, a best bet also that we could throw out there? I can start if you want me to, to lead us off. Please give it to the people. All right. I mean, there's a lot of good choices out there, I got to say. Um, and I think that the strongest for me, we went into it in depth pretty clearly. I feel like it's you, Darvish and San Diego Padres. I see a plus 125 right now, bet online. Um, I feel like it's a bigger number than I think the Mets should be laying right now. So I'll give the Padres plus 125 as my best bet for this Monday episode on April 10th. Ooh, it's so hard for me to, um, to, to not want to just go with Dylan Cease and his strikeout number. It's okay. most likely going to be seven and a half. The thing that just it bothers me a little bit is that the Twins aren't exactly a high strikeout team, you know, and, and so it, I, if I'm going to bet somebody to have eight strikeouts, first of all, it's great that it's Dylan Cease because he's done that at least in both of his first two starts, but I would ideally like a, um, a, a high K rate team. Now, what mm-hmm. I think does help in this matchup, which is why I think I'm still going to go with the Cease over strikeouts is that it is a day game. And I think that with the early start time, it could affect the hitters a little bit. Sure. We could have some fatigue as Chicago certainly has to travel to Minnesota. The Twins, they're coming from Pittsburgh, going to Minnesota. So there could be some fatigue for them. But the Twins also will have fatigue. Also, I think that, Maybe the sun and the shadows could have uh, an impact here. This is a sure. a, a rare, you know, day game here in Minnesota, so I, I, that could just help this be a low scoring affair. You know, total seven and a half, so it already is projected to be low. But I do think it could help the strikeout numbers. So uh, I think I'm still going to go cease over seven and a half strikeouts. So last year against the Twins, he had a nine inning one hitter one hit shutout. Uh, at home against Minnesota, seven Ks in that one. So that would not get you done at the seven and a half that you're projecting. No. Uh, but the others, other start before that was right around the all-star break in July at Minnesota, seven innings, also one hit, um, eight Ks in that one. So fairly mm-hmm. uh, good chance that we're not seeing a lot of runs uh, in that game tomorrow. Uh, so maybe that under is also something worth a look. Yeah, or a first five under. Maybe, Always, you know, you don't you don't have to sell me on those. Get me away from bullpens <laughs> and ghost runners. You don't have to say another word, please. First half unders. I suggest everyone listen loud and clear to that. You don't like the random guy placed on second costing you a total. I got to say he is Griffin Warner. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll talk to you later on this week right here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Major League Baseball Edition. <laughs>